tired of living in the South Georgia rainforest like I am. I told Tressa, if I ever had a desire to go to experience a rainforest, it is gone because I feel like I have experienced it. So it was really nice to come across a parking lot this morning and see the sunshine. Well, this morning we are beginning a brand new message series called Soul Detox, Clean Living in a Contaminated World. And I want to tell you up front that most of what I'm going to share in this series is from a book called Soul Detox and a message series by Pastor Craig Groeschel. And some of you who have good memories, who have been around here at Rinkin Church of God for a long time, might say, didn't you preach this at one point before? And you're right. It's been a while. But over seven years ago, the first message series I ever had an opportunity to preach was as the associate and worship pastor here in the summer of 2015. Our pastor at the time took a sabbatical and he gave me about a month to preach. And I preached this series. And here's how I look at it. If it's worth saying once, it's worth saying again. Because if you were here then, you probably don't remember what I said anyway because I didn't either. I had to go back and look at my notes and try to remember what I said. And so some of what we're going to say in this series is a repeat of what we said a few years ago. This morning's message is, uh, is, is one I didn't speak a couple of, well, not a couple, seven years ago. But I, I've been praying for the last month or so about where to go in the fall, and I kept coming back to this material. And as I got into it this week, I told Tress, I said, I, I believe we're on target with what the Lord wants to say to us. So... We're not going to really camp out in a passage of Scripture like we have been in the book of Joshua. We're going to bounce all over the place. But if you want to, you can open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. That's where we're going to start this morning. And uh, I want to lay a foundation today for what this series is going to be about over the next few weeks by, by making this statement. And this is a thought that you're going to hear throughout this series. We are not a body with a soul we are a soul with a body. Stop and think about that for a second. You're not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. It's easy to think that who we are is based on these bodies that we live in, but we are not. When we die, our bodies will die, but our souls will continue to live on somewhere else forever. We are not a body with a soul we are a soul with a body in fact when God first created man it was described in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 this way and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and notice here what man became and man became a say it with me living soul we're not a body with a soul we are a soul with a body in his book soul detox pastor craig shares this story of how he grew up in a home where both his parents smoked his entire life and until he moved away to college he he didn't really realize it so much until he came home for christmas break the first time and he said, when I came in my house for the first time after Christmas break, I noticed that the house was a little foggy. The, uh, the room was a little gray. The walls were a little yellow. And, uh, and, I, and I picked up on the smell. And he said, after a, after a few days, I, I didn't think about it so much. But when I went back to school after the break, 
and came into my, my room, my roommate said, my goodness, man, you stink. And he said, I got the smell in my clothes and, and my hair and, and my bag with all my clothes in it. And I realized that I had been living in this environment, this, this really poisonous environment of, of smoke for, for all these years and didn't think about it. And he said, I had been, I'd been smelling like this for years and never really knew it. And I believe that that's how our culture is right now. Many of us are breathing in the second-hand toxins of our culture, and they're literally impacting our souls. We get used to it. We don't recognize the smell of our culture that's gotten on us and more gotten in us. And we talk a lot in our culture about detoxing our bodies, you know, what, what do we do? And you, you probably get all types of ads on your social media and email about drink this, take this to detox your body. And, and there's a time and place for that. But this series, we're going to talk about what it looks like to detox our soul. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that in several ways. We're going to talk about the heavy soul, the tortured soul, the seduced soul. And the fifth week, we're going to finish up with the poisoned soul. But today, I want to start and build a foundation for this series by talking about the restless soul. The curse of the restless soul, you might say. And so many of us, I believe, are going to see ourselves in this subject. Now, we started in Genesis 2. If you go a couple of chapters over to Genesis chapter 4, you find the story that is very familiar of Cain and Abel, the sons of the first family. It may be encouraging for you to know that if your family's dysfunctional, so was the first family. But they were incredibly dysfunctional because we learn in Genesis chapter 4 that Abel made a sacrifice to God and God received it. Cain made a sacrifice and, and God did not receive that. And it caused Cain to be so frustrated that he killed his brother Abel. And God spoke to Cain in Genesis chapter 4 and he said this to him. Now... You are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it'll no longer yield its crops for you. And notice what God says Cain would be. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So many of us have a restless soul. Our restless soul is always searching but never finding. We're we're interested in everything but satisfied with nothing. We're always revved up. Our RPMs are always going. We may lay down and sleep physically at night. Our bodies may sleep, but our minds don't seem to find rest. We're anxious. We're concerned. We're worried. And we just don't know how to shut down that innermost part of us. Solomon said it well in our Fierce 40 reading this week from Ecclesiastes chapter 2 when he said, What do people get in, the, in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. And look at this. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. How many of you would say today that, that that's you? That, that you're like, you know what? I, I think I find myself in that place to where... I may physically lay down at night, but 
I can't sleep. I can't rest because, because my mind is still firing at all cylinders. Well, I want to tell you today, if that's where you find yourself all the time or sometimes, God doesn't want you to live that way. We acknowledge that our bodies need rest, right? And our bodies will tell us when they need rest. It's when you literally kind of have to drag yourself off the couch when you fall asleep after five minutes of watching the TV to go to bed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your body says, pal, you need to rest. You're, you're driving home from work and you're so sleepy that you can't hardly, you're like, I need to get some rest. But often we don't address our soul that needs rest as, as well. Remember, we're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a, with a body. So the question is, where do we find the rest for our souls? Well, I'm going to give you the church answer. You're in church. You expect this answer. And we actually just sang it. Our souls find rest in God alone. Our souls can only find the rest that we're looking for in God alone. Our bodies find rest under a nice sheet and on a comfortable bed and with if you're like my house with the air turned down and two fans on and the bathroom fans on I got a lot of things going on to help me find rest but my body can find rest but sometimes our souls don't find rest but our souls find rest only in God now I think it's worth stopping here and asking the question what are some of the other places where our souls try to find rest I think one of those is entertainment you know, we click on something or we slide through something and, and we're just trying to find rest. And, and, and I don't know if, if you're like me, but, you know, you can sit there and binge whatever for a while and your problem is still there. And the, the unsettledness in your soul is still there. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's good. To, it's, it's great to get away, go to the movies, forget everything for a couple hours and watch somebody else's life. Right. We, we all enjoy that. But at the end of the day, we can't find rest in anything we put in front of our eyes. We won't find rest in something we try to put in front of our body, in, inside of our body. If it's food that we're trying to take in, some of us, that's our drug. It's food that we try to take in to try to give us some rest. For some of you, it's something that you drink to try to take the edge off. I, I, I don't get drunk, but I drink enough just to kind of take the edge off. Well, you're looking for rest in something that you were drinking or consuming, or maybe that prescription medicine you have, you take a little more than you should to try to really bring you down so that your soul will find rest. Sometimes we try to find rest in relationships, or maybe we try to find rest in just rest. We think, I can sleep my soul to rest and, and it just doesn't work out. Well, David said it like this in Psalm 62, verse 1. He says, Truly, my soul finds rest where, y'all? In God. My salvation comes from Him. My soul needs to be saved from the busyness of everything that's going on. And the only place I can find rest is in God. The Living Bible translates it like this. I stand silently before the Lord, waiting for Him to rescue me. Our salvation, for salvation, comes from Him alone. There's no other source from which you can find the rest you need for a restless soul. There's no experience. There's no vacation. There's no bigger check that you can get at work there's no 
no dream home, there's no money, there's no thing that can give you the internal rest like the presence of God. St. Augustine, who just a few hundred years uh, followed the Apostle Paul as a voice in the very early days of the church, said this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. We've looked at what the Old Testament has to say about it. Jesus knew that this was a situation that we would all deal with as well. And listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Ever get an invitation to a wedding or to an event and you're like, I really don't want to go to that. I really want to do something else that, that weekend or really wanted to do something else with my time. But I'm obligated to go to that, that birthday party. But here's an invitation that all of us can say, yeah, I need that. Anybody would say that this morning, that I hear that invitation and Jesus says, come to me. And this is maybe my favorite word of both verses, the word all. Somebody say all. all. That includes everybody. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. Anybody weary? Anybody burdened today? He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. That part of the verse may not be as uh, understandable for us because we don't really live in an agriculture society, but for that day, for him to talk about a yoke, everybody got it. Because a yoke is what you would put on an animal or an oxen to have them plow a, a garden or a piece of land. And oftentimes they would be a double yoke. And two oxen would both be in the yoke. And they would put it around their necks so that they could drive whatever machinery was behind them together. And Jesus says, listen, you're going through life don't go through life burdened and weary alone. Get in. You got to do life, but don't do it alone. Do it with me. Take my yoke upon you. Get in this thing and do life with me. And when you do, you will, look at this, find rest for your what? Okay. Not your body. Not your mind. Not your wallet. Not your family. Not the things that we are trying to to bring rest and peace to on our own. But he says you'll find rest for your, say it again, souls. Going back to the Old Testament, David said it like this in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Why? So that he can restore my soul. Okay? So, if true rest is in God, and we just established that, how do I find that rest in God? If I'm all revved up, if my mind's going a million miles an hour, well, there's three things that we can do to find rest in God. The scripture tells us for the restless soul, number one, be still before God. Be still before God. I love it when we sing scripture in here. We do it every week, but today as we were singing these songs almost Every song had a verse straight from what we're talking about today. And we just sang that song. And, 
It comes from Psalm 46.1 where the psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. He doesn't say, Be busy and know that I am God. Be productive and know that I am God. Be worried and know that I am God. Be anxious and know that I am God. Be all revved up on the inside and know that I am God. He says, be still, stop, pause, wait. And then he says, and what's the next word? Know. Know that I am God. As you're still, you're not just still for the sake of being still. But be still and know. That word know is the Hebrew word Yada, and it means to perceive and see, to find out, to discern, to recognize, to admit, to acknowledge. So be still and see that I am God. In your quietness, be still and recognize I've got this. Be still and acknowledge that I'm the only source. Be still and confess. Be still and consider that I am God, how many of you have ever been around a little kid who can't be still? Anybody have one like that in your house? Any of you ladies married to one? Okay. What do you do when, when a kid won't be still? You say, get quiet, shut up, be still, sit down, don't make me pull this car over. Tressa used to tell the kids when we were out in a restaurant, do you want to go to the bathroom? And that didn't mean they were going to use the facilities. It meant that she was going to wear that rear end out. And, and most of the time, they'd be like, no, ma'am, they would straighten up. They didn't want to go to the bathroom with mom. Because sometimes we have to look at our kids or our grandkids and say, hey, be still. Quiet down, shut up, sit down. I've had enough, right? Oh, y'all are all so holy today. You've never lost it <laughs> on your kids. No, we know that's true. And the point is, is that sometimes I have to preach to myself. I have to talk to me, okay? Now, if you want to pay me a good amount of money, I'll go to work with you every day. I'll preach to you every second. I'll tell you to shut up and be quiet and be still. I'll tell you everything you need to know. But life doesn't work that way, okay? Sometimes you have to look at yourself and say, self be still. Self, calm down. Look at what the scripture says. David said this, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. I think sometimes we just want to, we want to be like a monk in the mountains with our, with our uh, feet crossed and our hands like this. And we just want God to somehow magically take over and do it. But sometimes I have to, I have to get on less. Anybody have to get on yourself? Sometimes you have to get on yourself and say, hey, straighten up. Be still. Don't be anxious. Quiet down, soul. And that's what David is saying here. Sometimes I have to say to myself, quiet down, soul. Pastor Craig tells a story in, in the book about how he was going through a season of busyness. And, and uh, he actually went to see a, a, a Christian therapist to try to help him not not be so revved up. And, and the therapist just basically said to him, listen, I'm going to tell you something you already know. Just start with taking five minutes a day where you do absolutely nothing but be still and know that he's God. 
Don't try to read your, the, the Bible and have everything away from you. But just stop for five minutes. And he said, I'm paying this guy $95 for an hour for this. But just stop. And in that time, and, and you know, it, if we, we know that if we did that, it would probably make a big difference to stop just five minutes a day and still ourselves. But what happens in those moments? We start thinking about everything that needs to be done, right? Well, I, I can come back to this later, okay? I, I, I got the yard to mow, the bills to pay. I got a project to work on. I got to make supper and fold the laundry, and I've got to change the diaper, and I got to come back to that email. And my goodness, something's going on on social media right now that I'm missing in these five minutes that I'm trying to be still. And somebody might say, well, listen, you don't understand my day. You don't understand my schedule. I don't have time to be still. Can I tell you, you don't have time not to be still. You're going to have to make yourself do this. I wish every time that we, we came and, and accepted Christ as our Savior that there was a battery that he just popped in our back like a, like a toy you get at Christmas. And it just it, we were just wired to do this all the time. But we're not wired this way in our culture. We're wired to go, 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 go. This is very anti-culture for us to stop and be still before God. But listen, if you're coming to church and you're reading your Bible and you're studying and you're looking and, and you're looking for that one pearl that's going to change everything in your life. No, eventually it's got to be something more than be still. I know that verse. Give me something more. That's it. And it's that simple. Because again, remember Jesus said, come. Jesus said, I invite you in a place where you can receive rest for your soul. So the first thing that we do to find rest in God, we are still before God. The second thing is we need to wait on God. Anybody sing that a minute ago? I'm going to wait on you. Yeah. How do we find rest in God? We wait on God. The scripture tells us in Psalm 37, again, here's David saying, Be still before the Lord and wait. How? Oh, everybody just sunk, didn't you? Oh, God. Patience. Wow, really? Talk about something else. Talk about any other sin. Talk about any other struggle, Pastor, but don't talk about patience. Give me patience and give it to me now, right? That, that's our prayer. But what goes hand in glove? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. How uncomfortable is the room right now? Did he forget what he was going to say? Are we waiting for somebody to come in and with the next illustration, the next motorcycle is going to come in like it did last year at this time? What are we? we don't like to wait, do we? We don't like still. We don't, we don't work well with quiet. It's not natural to us. But it is the next step that if we are going to find rest for this restless soul that so many of us deal with, we've got to be still and we've got to wait patiently for the Lord. Andy Stanley, who pastors up in Atlanta, was asked one time, how how do you connect with God? How do you stay close to God? And he said, I get up early every day because at least that way I don't have to worry about the time. I give myself time. But I just, I read something until God speaks to me or something sticks out to me. He said, sometimes it's, it's one verse. 
Sometimes it takes a chapter, sometimes it's five chapters. But I read until something grabs me and speaks to me and I realize that that's my word for the day. And then I internalize that. I chew on that. I allow his word to be planted deep into my soul. And as we're waiting on the Lord, it's so important that we're in the word. I think sometimes we've we've really missed it when it comes to reading Scripture because I think we treat Scripture like everything else in our culture. It's like more, 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 more. And I really haven't connected with God today unless I've read 14 chapters. And right now we're in this Fierce 40, and yeah, the nature of what we're doing in Fierce 40 is that we're trying to take in a lot of God's Word in 40 days. Now, if you're new today to our church and it's your first time you're, you're here or you're just hearing about this. Right now we are on, I believe, day 32, 33, 34 of 40 days of purposely being in the Word. And we're reading probably about six to seven chapters a day. And it's likely that nobody in here has kept up with every chapter and every verse every single day. We've all probably gotten behind we need to catch up or whatever. I don't really care where you're at in the process. The whole process of this, the purpose of this rather, is that we're in the Word. And we've become very intentional about this here in the life of our church. We start the year with prayer, fasting, and Bible reading. We have a Bible reading plan that we do coming into Easter. We do this every year. Our most intentional time of discipleship every year is to be in the Word. And if you're new to our church, we want you to join in with us. Just because it's 30-some days in, you, you just start where you're at and then read the rest. I, man, somebody told me the other day, they said, um, I, uh, I kept a Fierce 40 from a few years ago, and I've been, I, I've been reading through that as well. I, I, I'd finished this or whatever. And so it's on the website. There's cards out in the foyer that, um, that you can grab on the Welcome Center that look like this. That, it, that, that Just, just good-looking cards that will help you to stay in the Word. But the point is not so much quantity but quality. That I find that one verse, I was reading this week and I found one verse, there was one verse I read one morning. And that verse grabbed me so much I put it on, on my screensaver on my phone because I was like, okay, God, I know you want me to hear that verse right now. That's the verse that I just, I just need to pound into my spirit. Yesterday morning I just spent some time praying over that verse because that verse is what I know God's saying to me. That's what it means to be still and know. That's what it means to wait on God, that in the Word of God we're taking time. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 130. He said, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, and then he illustrates it, more than watchmen for the morning. Okay, now here's another example of something that we really don't understand in our culture, but the watchmen of that day were, were men who would sit on the wall of the city, and these were third shift down at Huddle House kind of guys. This is the third shift team who sat up on the wall, and their job was to watch all night long to make sure that the enemy didn't try to come into the city. But here's what the guy knew who had that job. He knew that eventually his shift would end because he knew eventually what would come, somebody? Morning. He knew that every day the sun would come up. And when the sun came up, then he could clock out, right? You know, there's a lot of things I don't know about what's going to happen in life. But here's one thing I know is going to happen in the morning. 
the sun will come up. Amen? I may not even be able to see it because of all this stinking cloud cover we've had for the last month. But I know that the sun is going to come up because I'm trying to sleep. And here comes the sun in my window trying to wake me up. But the psalmist is saying, listen, my soul waits for the Lord with the same or even more than the, the expectation. See, that watchman has an expectation. He expects that that sun's going to come up because he knows every day that that sun will come up. And when we wait for God, we wait and we should wait with the same divine expectation. Listen, somebody needs to hear this this morning. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit just, just reminded me of some of you in this room who are waiting on something. You're waiting right now on something, whatever's in the blank. Wait with expectation. Wait knowing that the answer is on the way. Just as the sun comes up, our good God will show up. That was a good place for us to have a better amen. Let's try it again. Just like the sun comes up, our good God will show up. We should have an expectations while we wait. But man, doesn't the enemy just kind of crush us and slap us and push us down while we're waiting and make us think, ah, this ain't going to happen. How many of you have ever, this is one of the most foolish things we think as Christians. Well, this is going to be the time God doesn't come through. Anybody ever thought that? Oh, I have. Are y'all more holy? Okay, I, I just the 9 a.m. crowd. But I've wrestled at times and I've been like, well, I know God came through in that and in that and that and that. But th this might be the time. This is going to be the time. How stupid are you, Les? That's when I have to say, Les, straighten up. He's been faithful in the past. He's going to be faithful now. It may not be on time like I think it will, but, but he will be on his time. God don't work on my watch. He doesn't have one. He's on his time. So just like the, the watchman waits for the morning, I can wait in expectation that my good God is going to come through. Amen. I came home on Tuesday afternoon from from work and there was a, a note on the door that said I had missed a package from UPS and I, and, I, and I wasn't surprised to see the note because I was expecting the package on Wednesday. So I was like, wow, that's a miracle right there. You know, a package actually comes early in, in 2022. But it was one of those that I had to be present to sign for to get the package. So I was like, okay, well, I had already planned to just camp out at home because I was expecting a, a computer, a new, a new computer, and I knew I had to be home to receive that computer. Nobody else was going to be home to get it. So I took some stuff with me, and I, I texted the, the, the team here at the office on Wednesday morning. I said, hey, I'll be in at some point today, but I'm going to be working from home today because I'm waiting on a computer, and I've got to be present to receive it, but i got to wait on it. So... Um, so I went and pulled up my ring camera and looked back to see when, he, when, when the delivery was, was almost made on Tuesday. And it, he came at 11.30. So I thought, hey, 11.30, that, that's not too bad. Usually UPS shows at my house late in the day. I was like, hey, 11.30, man, I can, I, can, I can be back at the office, you know, maybe by lunchtime. And I, I told him, I said, hey, I'll be in eventually. Well, I took some stuff with me to work. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I'm working on the men's small group for that night. I started working on some stuff for a leadership retreat we have. I started working on some scheduling for today. And I started working on this message. And I'm working on this point. I'm working on this point. Wait on the Lord. And, and finally, it's, it's 
11.30 doesn't come, 12 o'clock doesn't come, 12.30, 11 o'clock, I'm like, oh my goodness. Here we go. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to check out and find out where it's at. So I pull up, the, I get the little note he left. I can't read that. The letters are all smushed. I can't put it in. So I'm, like, I'm going to go to the website. So I pull up Apple's website. I'm going to try to track where my computer's at. Well, Wednesday morning was Apple's reveal day. So for two hours, Apple is, is revealing to the world all these products that, that are just a little bit better than what they used to have that now everybody feels like we got to have. And you can't even find your tracking number or your product because Apple says, we'll be back with you later. Man, you can't have nothing. You can't even have a tracking number today. And so I'm looking and I'm like, well, good gracious. And, and then it turns into one o'clock and it turns to 1.30. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm supposed, I went back and looked at the UPS slip again. Maybe I'm supposed to go. I'm just thinking, my goodness, I thought they would be here by now. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And finally about 2.15, I hear the doorbell and there he is. And there's my computer and I get it. And I'm in person and I receive my, my computer. And as I began to pack up my stuff to say, okay, now I can go to the church and get everything going that I need to get going for the day at the church, it hit me. I'm like, I just lived out the point I'm working on. Because the key to me receiving what they brought to the door was my presence. I had to be present to receive what was coming my way. Randy Sapp, it had my name on it. But I had to be present to receive it. Can I tell you today that God has something with your name on it? But you got to be present to receive it. Sometimes you have to wait on it. But you have to be present to receive it. I could have come into work, Eddie, like normal, and sat in my office and done all the things that I did at home, I could have done here at the office. And then at 2 o'clock, I would have seen the ring camera come up on my phone. And there he is looking. Leaves another note. I would have missed what they had that had my name on it because I wasn't present. Every day when you stop, and I was like, okay, Lord, there you go. Wow, that's a point. My goodness, thank you, Lord. Every day when you stop, and you are still before the Lord and you wait on Him, there is a package that He has with your name on it that He wants to give to you. For you as an individual. See, what Eddie needs in his quiet time is different than what Ethan needs in his quiet time. And different than what you need in your quiet time. So if I show up and I'm present, guess what? There's a delivery with my name on it that he wants to give and bring to me. That is the best news you're going to hear all day. All I got to do is wait and be present to receive. How do I find rest in God? I wait on God. I've said this several times over the last year. Time waiting is not time wasted. So many times we think we're wasting time in the process, but we're not. Be still. Wait on God. And here's the last one. How do we find rest in God? How does the restless soul find rest in God? Finally, we reflect on the goodness of God. We be still before God. We wait on God. And then we reflect on the goodness of God. While we're still, while we're taking a moment, 
we're so tempted to think about all that needs to be done, right? Just stop and think about all that God's already done. As you're waiting, as you're still, reflect on the goodness of God. Internalize all the things that God has done and the ways he's been good in your life. Anybody know that God's been good to you? Can I get an amen? Look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 116. Let my soul be at rest again. Here it is, talking about the soul. How can the soul be at rest again? By reflecting on this fact. For the Lord has been good to me. And then he does what I like to call, he, he makes the list. In verse 8, he has saved me from death. He's kept my eyes from tears. He's preserved my feet from stumbling. Look at what God has done. And so, I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. The Message Bible says it like this. I said to myself, relax and rest. Some of you need to have that conversation with yourself this week. Relax and rest, self. God has showered you with blessings. I love the way the message says it. Soul, you've been rescued from death. I, you've been rescued from tears. Foot, you were kept from stumbling. Now I'm striding. I'm living in the presence of God. The goodness of God of God. How do we find rest in God? We reflect on the goodness of God. And, and may I submit to you today that perhaps the reason why some of us are not restless I wish that was an illustration. If you parked over here, you just moved over on your keys. So find, find out who you are. Hey, somebody found it. Awesome. See, when you and I are trying to rest, there'll always be something beeping. <laughs> it's actually true. Maybe we're restless, think about this, because we're not reflecting on the right thing. So let me show it to you like this. I think every day we have two choices. There's two chairs that we can sit in when it comes to how our souls are going to function in the world around us. Remember, I'm not a body with a soul. I'm a soul with a body. So i, I got to take care of that soul. I can focus on, like, the, like we just said, we've already talked about this one. I can focus on the goodness of God, represented here by an open Bible. I can focus on the goodness of God. I can have a seat here, and this is what I can reflect on. To calm and quiet my soul. Or there's another chair over there that I have a, a choice on. I can also focus and reflect on what we'll call today the chaos of culture. Represented by this open laptop. So the culture that is in front of me every day. There's so many times I'm, I'm reflecting on what the culture is saying to me, what I see on my screen, whether it's this screen or this screen. And some of you are like, uh, some of you are no screen people and you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a smartphone. I don't 
I'm not on the computer so I can, I'm, all, I'm in that chair. No, you're in front of Fox News for half the day on the TV getting more frustrated with every show that says the exact same thing all day. Boy, y'all are quiet. See, I'm going to get you one way or another. <laughs> See, we have a choice every day. Which chair am I going to sit in? Because if, I, if I'm going to find rest in God, I can't find rest in that chair. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just give me a half nod this morning. This chair does not leave me at rest. The more I scroll, the more I can get frustrated. The more I sit and click and watch and, and try to figure out what's going on with the news and, and the president and the queen and this and that and all these other things, I just get more and more revved up. The RPMs get going more. I'm more and more restless. Does the chaos of culture make anybody else restless besides me? We can just be so revved up. And this is the reason why so many of us live restless lives because we sit in this chair. And whatever your device is, if it's TV or if it's the newspaper or if it's your phone or, or whatever, if it's the conversations of the people that you're around, whatever it is that causes you to reflect on the chaos of culture, that will keep you revved up. But there's another chair I have a choice that I can sit in every day. And every day, not just to be in the Word of God, but every day, all day long, I can reflect on the goodness of God. I can reflect on the faithfulness of God. I can reflect on the fact that I serve a God who says, He'll never leave me or forsake me. I can, I can reflect on a God who tells me that in the middle of a chaotic culture, He's called me to be strong and courageous. I can reflect on a God who loves me so much that He gave His only Son to walk in a flesh and blood body like mine and face temptation just like I do, yet was without sin. I can focus on the goodness of a Jesus who came and laid down his life that I might be in relationship with him. I can focus on the goodness that even though one day this body will wear out and the body of your loved one that, that may have passed or will pass is, is gone away, I can reflect on the knowledge that because Jesus went to the cross and gave his life and rose again, that he has defeated death hell and the grave and that this life is not all there is and that my soul will live somewhere else in eternity amen I have a choice what seat I sit in directly reflects the thermometer the temperature rather of my soul so which seat are you sitting in today I think a lot of times as Christians we we bounce back and forth. Some of us were, were there most of the time. And I hope if you are today, you've had a light bulb moment and the Holy Spirit has been like, that's why, pal. You're so restless on the inside. So how do we find rest in our souls? Be still before God. Wait for God. And reflect on the goodness of God. As you guys give us some background music, I, I want to close this morning and ask this question today. How many of you 
would say, I, I have a restless soul today. You've been talking to me. I, my soul is restless. I can't seem to get any peace in my mind and in my spirit. And, and that's where I'm at today. Whether you raise your hand or not, I know this room is filled with people who are restless. Maybe you, at one point or another, experienced that peace of the Lord that we've talked about by sitting in this chair, but you've just been pulled back into the chaos of, of culture. Well, today, as we start this idea that I'm not a body with a soul, but a soul with a body, and the first thing we're detoxing is those things in our lives that cause us to be restless and not at ease. And so, again, God would want you to hear today that you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live all stirred up inside, not able to rest. Your body might rest, but your mind doesn't. Today, the Lord would say, find rest in me. One more verse, and then we're going to close with prayer. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men utterly fall. But those who what? Wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. As the worship team comes in this morning and gets ready to close us out today, I'm going to ask us all to stand this morning. And before we leave this morning, what I want to do is give us an opportunity today to practice what we've preached. To be still before the Lord. We're going to be able to do this this morning, uh, I think, fairly easily because uh, we're not jam-packed in the first service today. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit this morning. But I'm going to push you into a zone where the Holy Spirit can minister to you today. I'm going to ask everybody who would today in just a second to come and find a place in this altar to kneel. If you're not physically able to kneel, maybe you just sit on one of the first couple of rows. But I want us to find a place this morning in this room to be still. And if you'll put those three points back up on the screen for me, Chris. Maybe we just look up at those points and pray those points over our lives this morning. We're going to be quiet here as we close today. And then the worship team is going to lead us in a song that that communicates what we've been talking about this morning. So all over the room, I want to invite everybody who would to come. Step out from where you're at today. I want to invite you to come and find a place and rest this morning. It will take just a few minutes to rest. And here's what this is going to be. This is going to be the first of 
many times this week that you're going to do this. I'm going to believe that. You're going to get the week started off right in His presence right now. So let's just take a few minutes right now as they begin to play. And I want you to take a moment and whatever you want to say to the Lord in this moment based on what the Lord has said to you today through this message, will you talk to Him today? Find rest in His presence this morning. This mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. And through it all, 
Through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well, Lord. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And it is well, it is well. So let go, my soul, and trust in Him. The ways and wind still know His name. So let go, my soul, and trust in Him. The ways and wind still know His name. The ways and wind still know His name. It is well with my soul. thank you today Jesus that you call us into that yoke with you 
And you've promised that when we stop and when we're still, you'll meet us in those places and restore our souls. I thank you for this word that you have spoken to us today through worship and through the message. And I pray that it would reside deeply in the souls of your people today that we will live and think and walk differently this week and the weeks ahead. Lord, we repent today of the sin of restless souls that find and pursue rest in everything but you. And Lord, we get back on track today and say that, Lord, we'll choose to be still, to wait on you, and reflect on your goodness and see you show up and work in our lives. So I pray, Lord, that as we head back into a week this week, that, Lord, we would sense and feel you at work. Lord, I'm believing for testimonies, those who are waiting on provision and waiting on an answer and waiting on a situation. Lord, we're going to see testimonies in the coming weeks because of what you are doing. And God, we praise you and thank you for it today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 You can stand today. God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. Let me remind you that as you're leaving today, if you'll go out this way, uh, out and exit this way, we have all our, our second service people who are coming in on this side. But have a great rest of the day. We'll see you back Wednesday night, we hope, for Family Ministries Night at 7 o'clock. God bless you.